This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. We're back with you. It's Kelly and Ramia, AMI-TV, AMI-audio, and podcast. That's where you can catch the show. We are weekdays, every weekday, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern, live on AMI-TV. And then you can find us wherever else you like, whenever. Kelly, I'm going to hand things over to you because uh, we have a weekly convo coming up that we're always looking forward to. Yeah, we call it the roundtable, folks. Let's get to it as we welcome in a guest and we get into different conversation. The Roundtable Weekly, headed your way. Isn't it convenient that we have a round table? Well, it's actually it oval. Just say yeah. it. The blind guy feels it now, goes, well, I guess it is oval. Kind of oval. So he returns to the program because Michael Fair is everywhere. Mike, thanks a lot for doing this. Album. So the way the round round table table works, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, we uh, do this little gathering. We bring a guest on to talk with Rummy and I. I pick a few subjects to talk about, have some audio clips we'll get to in a bit. But the first thing I want to talk about, Mike, with our long-term contributor to the program on Thursdays, uh, Mike, Rummy, one of the things that's dawned on me lately is this question that I keep throwing out when it comes to AI when it comes to audio description, when it comes to reading audio books. So I want to start with you, Mike, because Rum and I have kind of fielded this with different uh, contributors on the show. If you had the ability to know that the books that you're selecting are run through a process that gives you almost, as far as you're concerned, makes you hesitate to judge... And I have found this with certain AI and audio description that's been out there, small sample sizes when it comes to audio description, because you get shorter sentences, brief descriptions, whatever it might be. Not like sitting down to listen to a book for 5, 10, 15 hours of a voice that has been synthetically manufactured, whether it's based on a real voice, um, comes from a real voice, a sample, and is able to sound so close to human. So if this comes to be in, oh, 20 minutes or six years, whatever, how long it takes for it to actually happen in our world, which we seem to be going, one of the arguments I've put out here, Mike, is for most people who are consuming audiobooks, this is new. You've consumed audiobooks all your life. Most people yes. listening to them these days have, let's say, let's say 10 years. I know some will say, no, right. no I'm not listening to but really selling them, buying them, going out and purposely going to Barnes and Noble and whatever out there and getting a hold is more recent. Signing up for Audible. If people had the choice of one of those synthetic voices I just described that we could have in 20 minutes or six years, well, how long it takes for it to actually occur, reading a book to you, where do you stand on the fact that we know Companies will, hey, man, that's a lot cheaper. I buy a program, I run this off, I create more books. If Mike Fair is told, Michael, instead of the 1,000 books you currently have available to you through said whatever place you're getting them from, you have access now to 100,000, and in two months, it'll be 400,000, and in eight months, 800,000. What do you say about this, Mike, in the way of looking to the future, and if this possibility is there, I know there's a lot that argue, well, the human voice will can never be replaced. See, yeah, now, 
I, I guess for me, I went through a lot of my life unable to read a lot of the books I wanted to read because they weren't in accessible format, unless you wanted to pay extra or go the illegal route and hope that someone else had scanned illegal them. Illegal route? Uh, absolutely. Yep. That, there was a time when <laughs> that was basically your only chance of getting a book while other people were actually still talking about it. Of course. Versus years mm -hmm. later. So, you know, I, uh, I've made a point of buying every book that I once owned illegally and destroying the illegal copies. I did that over about seven years when the Kindle app became accessible. And, right. you know, it, it's that kind of, it's the same kind of argument. I get, you know, a million plus books now available to me at the same price as anyone else. And, you know, that, I don't care if it doesn't work perfectly with Braille. You know, at this point, it's, can I read the book and do I have the exact book that everyone else has? Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I guess so for me, I would tend to go, yeah, if if the voice was good enough uh, and I could get it uh, cheaper uh, for a lot of books, that would be fine for me. Now, where there are some books that I really like having the human element in, uh, you know, some of the books, especially by famous like if if some if the author um, is reading sometimes, it like kind of thing. Yeah. Or just a really good narrator that you've, you've just come to just trust. I think there'd always be a place for that. But, you know, if, if it's a choice between you can have the human narrated, you know, fraction of the total or you can have the total with AI, I would tend to say, you know, give us the AI, give us that narration and offer us the choice. Like the market will pay for, you know, the, the, if you really want a book narrated by a human uh, who's, you know, being compensated for this process, surely that would still exist, right? It would just yep. probably yep. maybe be scaled down, but surely it would still be there. We have some fabulous narrators out there uh, who have done uh, Jefferson Mays uh, did a wonderful job of the expanse. You know, th that's an amazing sci-fi series. And, uh, and I, I appreciate having it by Jefferson. I paid it despite the fact I have it on Kindle and I could easily just read it, you know, perfectly in Braille or just um, have the uh, one of the voiceover voices read it. I really appreciate having Jefferson read that series enough to buy all the books over again on Audible. So, Michael, when you make that point, because we all are going to say, there's no getting around said reader, reading the feel of that book. Some books, I don't care. You know, I'm reading this book. I'm just trying to get into a series or whatever. I don't have any of that. It, you know, we may be more comfortable. And, I, and when I talk about audio quality, audio belief and reading, I'm certainly looking further than what we hear with voiceover or, or, or Jaws or something, not to pick on narrator Jaws, anything like that. But they're what they're doing for a purpose versus the enjoyment, the pleasure of, of listening to um, a, an audiobook. Um, I'm in this fantasy world that in two, three, four years, this will be a reality, the quality. However, Ramya, as Mike pointed out, the level of, hey, I really think, and I don't know how long this would last once synthetic came in or this ability, I mean, sure, you could pay so-and-so reader to utilize their voice, but would the AI capture some of those nuances Mike's talking? Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, yeah. my my perspective on this is really just about how realistic 
these situations are. I don't necessarily spiral on like, oh my gosh, we're doomed because, uh, you know, these people, the actual humans who love to narrate, who have full livelihoods based on audiobook narration and yes. voice work are going Audio to be obsolete. Yes, be, right? yes. And, yeah. and, and yes, there is going to come a day and we're very close to it and that's why we're fighting about it right now, like, you know, debating and communities are, are going hard with the, the vocalizing of how they feel about this stuff, is because we're so close. And that's the reality. The AI, the machine learning, the quality, right, because we're always talking about, you know, compromise quality, but the quality, like, just go to... 11 labs and put your voice in and hear the way that this thing speaks back your voice and tell me it doesn't sound like you tell me it's not doing a good job it's there already like we're really hearing how well ai and machine learning and uh, audio and production is doing with this stuff so we're there you know what i mean and i think that I the part that is complicated, I guess, is the moral compass side. Like, is it fair uh, yes. that we're doing this? Is it fair that all these people are going to now not have a job anymore because AI has taken over their job? And that's the frustrating part, right? That's the human side of it. But unfortunately, that means we have to shut everything down. Like, we have to shut AI as it is. We have to shut the the uh, progress of technology as it is. And that's just not happening. Like, we're literally having exponential and, leaps uh, every day. And we're not talking a large number of people. It's sort of like when, uh, you and know, it's you're everywhere, asking right? when, like, who we're does talking cartoons, exactly. and it's the same people. There's, unfortunately... Yeah. Not enough people, not enough banded together people, union protection or anything like that, that would ever keep something right. like this from happening. Because this which is, is just so a microcosm. Sad. This is specifically yeah. like the audiobook chat, the, the voice work chat. That's just a tiny little sliver of the conversation. But the thing is, AI is doing way more, way bigger things in this context. And us saying like, hold up, guys, but how about the jobs for audiobook narrators? They're like, okay, but how about everything else, you know? See, well, you and, stop and, I think, and wonder I think who notices the audio narrators, yeah, Mike. I mean, we have the like awards, the, but who really notices in that whole grand scheme of things of people going out and purchasing to say, who's your favorite narrator, huh? Yeah. Uh, you mean who's our favorite narrator and how is their voice synthetically being manufactured it's, now? <laughs> well, more so, yeah, exactly. But more so if you go to the general public. Who's your favorite narrator? Can you name five narrators no. from audiobooks? Yeah. Are you kidding? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. But, right. You know, that where, where Mike, we did all that stuff years ago in the talking books with people who were just reading them to read them for us. Exactly. Roy Avers comes to immediately to mind. He was one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. But I think there's going to be a point, like, I, I've heard AI videos on YouTube, and they have these things where an AI is reading the English. And there have been mm -hmm. occasions where I couldn't tell for the first five minutes whether it was that a it human voice. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Say yeah, I'm struggling that with that with some description, yeah. Mike, that I'm listening but, to, and, and I'll say the gang over at Crave, the stuff they're putting through, I know it is because I listen enough and say, oh, no, okay, that's an automated, but I I, I, yeah. I submit to you it would fool people yeah. who aren't used to, who happen to come across the channel and say, oh. That's part of the Possibly. process. They're trying to make it so that you can't tell, that so that these things yeah. sound superhuman. And, you know, in other contexts, right, like if you flip it a little, we want things like that. For screen readers, we want things, um, voices that sound human. We are tired of hearing synthetic voices in our heads 24 
24-7, like people who use screen readers that way, right? So there are other ways. We want our smart speakers to sound more human. All of these other ways that we're really encouraging this, but then there's certain aspects that we just can't get down with because we morally feel, ethically, that it's wrong. Yeah, yeah um, you can't really have it both ways. I think we will hit a point we're, where, we're, yeah. where that will happen. And, uh, you know, but these these books, like, I, I guess the thing is, though, like, you get into a, a long enough book or whatever, and there will be points where most people would notice. If you did, like, an eight-hour book, uh, you, you, a real narrator will get into it. A real narrator will yep. engage with it in certain ways. And AI just can't do that yet. Yeah. So Not yet. I think Not yet. Or when you have your multiple readers and different voices, yeah, you could do it yeah. AI, but there's a rhythm no matter what, even with them not necessarily working together, that the book is directed. Yeah. That Starts feeling monotonous. I mean, I, yeah. Yeah, and you got to be able to, with the AI, be able to set that up. I got something else I want to ask you, too, about here. The AI robots, Tarzan and Jane, have been taking over much of the run-of-the-mill work at St. Paul's um, Hospital Laboratory in Vancouver. Listen to this. The robots use artificial intelligence to handle and process up to 70% of the hospital's microbiology samples as a part of a new $1 million system. Dr. Mark Romney, head of medical microbiology and virology at St. Paul's, says the new level of automation makes the lives of doctors and lab technologists easier by freeing them from repetitive manual work. Romney says both Tarzan and Jane have been working at the lab for two months now, assessing and sorting culture plates, separating bacterial cultures, and letting staff know if something needs further analysis. John Kennedy, The Canadian Press. Remove them out of the hospital, put them into your workplace, put them into a place, a restaurant you go to, and helping you out or the meet-you-greeter at a place you're going to to take you somewhere. Ramya, um, how much trust do you have at this point down the road again? I'm asking you to look down the road, not necessarily today, you know, grabbing Tarzan or Jane here and saying, help Ramya, would you? Um, but down the road... For the little helper uh, uh, um, robots that are coming to us soon. Yeah, like there's certain things I'm okay with. Like I had a robot serve me at a restaurant and I was like, first of all, this is not blind friendly at all. Like I'm supposed to take my plate off this robot table situation like it talks to me and it says here's your food and i'm like okay but how am i gonna find it right i put my hand in the soup or something no thanks why are you eating off its head yeah, well like that's where the point <laughs> is <laughs> okay yeah stuff like stuff like that but um i do think that this is where we need to insert humans back in okay because we we're already as it is very deprived of human contact we're doing everything remotely and seeing each other only on screens and the the most voice we're hearing are from our smartphones and we're not interacting with people anymore so if we say yeah and robots are going to be the only things that you have to interact with when you get into a mcdonald's i think that's kind of concerning no like where are we going where are, well, we're never I leaving mean, there, our houses there are some there are some tasks like that, that like in a case like the hospital situation there yeah. where you're looking at microscopic bits of disease uh you know in, in different tissues it's super helpful patterns. and efficient that's yeah there, and there are things like there are tasks that must be just awful to have to keep doing day in and day out uh -huh. that are repetitive. And, and I, I am all for, you know, putting that with machines and giving humanity more of a chance to, uh, you know, to, you know, hopefully tackle more ambitious things, more yes. things that, that are, are, you know, engage your, your spirit as well as mm. your body and just help you thrive. Like that's, that's where the real value is. Uh, you know, so I don't mind if some if if there's a robot that can help me in a McDonald's situation and actually knows how to do it right. Uh, <laughs> to make I'm your blind, burger better. 
Yeah, it doesn't doesn't put Savage. the burger in my face by mistake. Uh, <laughs> sure. You know? Pour your drink down your pants or whatever. Hold up, are we, are we comparing to humans now or just like other well, robots? Humans make a lot of mistakes. The robot business will tell you, oh no, we can make like a lot less mistakes than <laughs> the humans. Next time yeah. a McDonald's employee pours a drink down my it's all made the same, so it's kind of robotic-made food. Um, is there a scenario, Mike, that you might feel that a, a robot? I went to a CNIB event, and they had these little robots uh, that were taking you, kind of guiding you in, you know, walking you down the, nah, down on the escalator. No. Would you trust? Seriously, I would. I would. I would try that just just to say that I had. It was. It would be one of those situations where the novel, just like if they ever come up with lab-grown meat, you know, I would. I would uh, try that <laughs> just to see what it tasted like. I would have oh, to. Oh, I can so hear curious. you now telling. Well, I can't wait, Mike. It's out there. This is really a whole different meat. conversation, guys. Oh, that'll be another roundtable. You guys run for me. I mean, you guys have joined me on. <laughs> Michael, thank you. Absolute pleasure as always. All right, pal, we'll talk to you. I'll see you next Thursday. Mike Fair joins us on the roundtable today. We do the roundtable every week. You can check out Mike's segment with us on uh, entertainment and uh, all sorts of things that he brings to us today. He brought the comment. If you missed out on that, check it out through the podcast. We do this every Thursday. It's the roundtable. Lovely and very riveting conversations on Thursdays at the Roundtable. After the break, we're wrapping up the show with you. We've got a teaser for tomorrow's episode of Now with Dave Brown. That'll be the Friday show. And uh, a way that you can potentially get $10,000 for staying off your phone for a month? <gasps> Sign me up. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more of Kelly and Ramya after this short break. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts. 